Good morning, everybody. Today, Bezrat Hashem, we'll be learning Daf Yud Aleph in Maseches Yuma. And we start with the very last line on Yud Amud Bez. The line says, Man Tana Laha de Tanu Rabbanan. Who's the Tana who, who taught the following Brisa? Well, who are the candidates? We're looking for a Tana here. We're about to learn the Brisa. Don't turn the page yet. I'm going to keep Andrew in suspense because it's one of my favorite things to do. Um, I'll, we'll say the Brisa soon. But who are the two candidates? Chachamim and Rabbi Yehuda. What was the discussion? There was a machlokas as to why, you might recall, this is going to be, the topic today will be mezuzah again. When do you have a chiv on a mezuzah? So there was a machlokas um, as to why there was a mezuzah on the lishkas of Parhedrin. The office, so to speak, the room where the Kohen Gadol is sequestered, during, in, in uh, preparation for Yom Kippur for seven days, had a mezuzah on it. So the question is, does, um, does that room require, have a mezuzah because it actually has a chiyuv based on the fact that the Kohen Gadol lives there? Or does it in fact not have any chiyuv? It's just that we're putting it there for, for show to make it look more like a Motel 6 than a jail cell. Right? So that people don't say, oh, the Kohen Gadol, we put him in jail for seven days before the thing. It's, and it, and it matters. Um, the perception matters because we don't want to have a negative connotation to this quarantine that we're putting the Kohen Gadol in. Now you say, wait a minute, you're doing the mitzvah mezuzah just because of the way it looks? That kind of seems disingenuous. And isn't there a thing where if you're doing mitzvahs where you're not mitzvah to do them, that it's frowned upon. So the fact of the matter is that with regards to mezuzah, unless you're putting a mezuzah in a place that's disrespectful, then there's really no downside, per se. You're not going to make a bracha. That's an interesting question. Wow. That could be another nafkamina, right? In other words, when you put up this mezuzah in the lishkas parhedrin, do you make a bracha or not? Right? So, in, like, for example, when we do it in our home, domestic uh putting on the, the mezuzahs. So their front door with a proper doorway is obviously going to be a real chi of midoraisa of mezuzah. And you make a bracha on that one and it covers all the other mezuzahs, right? You have all the other mezuzahs in mind, which is an interesting thing, right? Because you don't do it for each and every one. You don't get, I guess, a mitzvah for every single room within your house, right? You would only get a mitzvah for, we'll call it the main one. What if you have multiple houses? So then, some people have more than one house. So do they, do you put, make a bracha on each house? Presumably yes, right? For each house, that is a mitzvah, okay? But within the house itself, there's also gonna be rooms where you're not 100% sure. So if you know for sure it doesn't need a mezuzah, so then it's weird to put the mezuzah there. And certainly, which, as we'll discuss today, if it's a bathroom or, or a place where it's disrespectful to put a mezuzah, then you're not going to put a mezuzah there. But sometimes it's a storage room, which will be today's topic uh, in, in large part. And then maybe you don't have a chiv mezuzah, right? It's a room that doesn't have the dimensions of mezuzah, maybe the archway, as we will also discuss today, isn't the exact design that it needs to be in, in order to require mezuzah, or it's questionable. So there you're gonna have a suffix bracha. So suffix bracha is one thing, but mezuzah you could put on there, there is no downside. So that's an interesting question, the lishka saparhedrin, when you put the mezuzah on. So let's say the reason why you put it on was as, right, as Rabbi Yehuda 
said that the reason why he put it on is So for that, you don't say a bracha because you're not, it's not a chiv, right? However, according to the Rabbanon, uh, who say that it's because of the fact that he's staying there and there's a chiv, so then you would make a bracha on, the, on fixing that mezuzah. All right, a- Andrew's falling apart. I, I kept you in suspense. That was Tsar Balechaim. It wasn't nice. Let's turn to... Yud Aleph Amid Aleph and read the Brisa and we'll see. Is it according to the Chachamim who say that there's a real Chiv Mitzvah in the Lishkas Bahadrin? Or is it according to Rabbi Huda who says that it is in fact um, sort of like a, a minhug, so to speak, in order to show that it's not a jail cell? So what does the Brisa say? As follows. Okay. The Brisa says that where, where's, where's Sham? The base of Mikdash. In the base of Mikdash may be rebuilt soon in our day. There was no mezuzahs, right? Shuls don't have, right? Well, shuls do have. Uh, <laughs> but uh, in the in the uh, in the base of Mikdash, there was no, there was no, in none of those shearim, in none of the gates leading to the base of Mikdash were there mezuzahs. Why? So why would there be no mezuzahs? So we say meikar din. I just uh, accidentally let it slip out that shuls don't have mezuzahs. Mi'ikar hadin, what requires mezuzah? Let's review. Chovos hadar, it has to be a bias. Okay, we're going to say the pasuk from from Kriya Shema today, right? Uh, it's it's so it says, right, that you should you're supposed to put the mezuzah, uchsav sem, uchsav tam, rather uchsav tam al mezuzos beisecha uvish arecha. You're supposed to put it in your house and in the gates of the house. So if you put it in a place where you don't sleep, this is what we already discussed yesterday, the Chovas Hadar, you need to have a residence there. So Shul technically is not supposed, does, or does not require a mezuzah unless somebody's sleeping there. That's when it really re- requires a mezuzah. So similarly, the base of Mikdash would only require a mezuzah, right? People think you can have a base of Mikdash without a mezuzah. I mean, it's pasnished. Well, the answer is, the only reason one would have a mezuzah in the base of Mikdash is if somebody was actually sleeping there. Okay. So, because of that, the Brysa here is saying that none of the gates to the, to the uh, base of Mikdash needed a mezuzah, except for Shar Nikanor. Why would Shar Nikanor uh, require it? Uh, you might recall that we discussed Shar Nikanor. The famous Nikanor, who was Moser Nefesh to bring the copper gates and, right, they threw the copper gates overboard when there was a uh, storm and there were two doors and the first door was thrown over and the second door, he said, not on my life. If you're throwing the second door overboard, uh, this was on the way to Eretz Israel to bring these fancy, um, uh, expensive gates. And he said, not on my life. Please do not throw those overboard. And he was willing to sacrifice his life. And because of that, the storm calmed down. They went on their way to bring the shah, the shah to Eretz Israel. And sure enough, even the one that had been thrown overboard magically uh, floated along with them, they discovered, when they got to port. And so the gates were named after him for the Messias Nefesh that he had. So that's a beautiful thing. When a person's really Moser Nefesh, it's the Goranowitz Muslim moment. Hashem repays him in, in, in this way. And so it was named for him. Where was it located? So that was the, not only was it named for Nicanor, but this was like one of the main gates. This was on the eastern side as you're about to walk in, 
right? It was essentially what we'll call the main entrance. Okay, so that one had a mezuzah because that's how you entered the area where the lishka separahedron was going to be. That's why you had a mezuzah. So that's what the Brisa says. That none of the Sha'arim had a mezuzah except for Sha'ar Nikanor, as the Brisa continues to say, menu Lishkas Parhedrin. Because when that was the way to get into the Lishkas Parhedrin. So this is a fascinating idea. Birnbaum was very upset because he was looking at the diagram as we have in the beginning of Masechus Yuma over here in the art scroll, and he was seeing he didn't like the proximity of the Lishkas Pahedron to the opening. He said, it's not open straight to it. This is not considered a foyer to the Lishkas Pahedron. Um, Andrew's turning to it, and it's smart. If you look, you'll see Lishkas Pahedron, you might recall, is in the northeast um, corner. And so it's tucked into the northeast corner over there. And the Sharni Kanor is like the right front row and center, main gate. So what does one have to do with the other? So what I was trying to, um, the way I understood it, what I was trying to say to Birnbaum was that it's true that we have the halacha, and we're going to retrofit some of the halachas, the modern halachas that we're, uh, that we're accustomed to today to write the source material, which is really what we're learning in the Gemara. But I'll just give it away now. The halacha is that if you have a foyer, right, in our, we call, what we call a foyer. So if you have a foyer that lacks the maybe dimension or the facility or maybe even the doorway of a real entrance to a functional room, but that foyer is a antechamber, let's say, to a room, then that foyer also gets a mezuzah. Okay, so that would be the idea of a shar. We're going to talk about the fact that the parameters for what is required for a shar are different than what is required for a house. Right? It says, uh, again, So up until now, we were talking about what would require mezuzah for a beisecha. That requires residence. But sharecha doesn't require residence because nobody usually lives in the gate. It happens to be there's rare cases where somebody, some people do, but usually, and we talked about that, if you might recall, in Erevin, uh, you know, what is, what is considered a residence with respect to Erevin is the guardhouse, right, considered a residence with respect to Erevin. Um, but with respect to um, what's considered a gate, so it doesn't need to have a residence. It's Sharecha. Okay, so why am I saying this? Because this is the idea with the Bryce over here. This is all introduction to everything uh, we're going to be discussing, which is when you have a gate, that gate usually has a mezuzah if it is a gate to a residential area. Okay, so now a gate to a non-residential area will not have a mezuzah just by virtue of being a gate. But a gate to a residential area will have a mezuzah and will not require Right, the same kind of parameters that the actual residence that it engage, that it encloses requires. Okay, so that is why. So you might say, well, all the gates to the base of Mikdash have the the lishkasa parhedron in there. So that's what makes this brisa so enigmatic. It's like we have one gate that we've designated as the entrance to the lishkasa parhedron, and by virtue of that, that gate is going to get a mezuzah. It's a fascinating brisa. Who is this according to? Is this according to the Rabbanon who say that there's a real chiv mezuzah on the Lishkas Parhedron or according to Rabbi Yehuda? So, says the Gemara, Lema Rabbanon hiva lo Rabbi Yehuda. 
it would seem that this would be the Rabbanon and the Rabbi Yehuda. Why? Because of what I just said. Because according to the Rabbanon, the Lishkas of Barhedrin has a real Chiyuv Mezuzah. And therefore, the gate to the Lishkas Barhedrin would also require a Mezuzah. But according to Rabbi Yehuda, who holds that it's just for show, just to make it look more like a Motel 6 than a jail cell, so then that's not really Beisecha. That's just for show. And therefore, a gate that encloses an area that isn't really Chayiv and Mezuzah, it itself is not going to be Chayiv and Mezuzah. So that price seems to support the opinion of the Rabbanon. Okay, the Gemara is going to spell it out now. Says the Gemara, Deiva Bihuda he Gufa Gezeira, right? I'm sorry, Deiva Bihuda he Gufa Gezeira, right? If you go in coin Rabihuda, the Mezuzah that's on the Lishkas Pahedron is itself a Gezeira. Vahana Nekum Venigzar Gezeira le Gezeira. And we're going to say what? That, uh, that a gate that encloses an area that itself is not really Chayev is going to be Chayev on top of it? This is a lumdish way of saying what I just said. It's, uh, you know, what I was saying is more balabatish, more understandable in a way, because it's not really a gazera, right? This is like a little bit of a misnomer. This is like a yeshivish way of saying it. But, you know, even, it's not really a gazera to put up the, the mezuzah in a way. Although you could say, yes, they made a gazera for the purpose of making it look real. So, so, so the question is, okay, to, to, in order to make it real, you're going to do what? You're going to double down and make a gazera on the gate to make the Gezeira on the Lishkas Barhedrin look real? That doesn't seem likely. So that makes it more look like it's the, there's a real Chiv, as the Rabbanon says. But the Gemara says that's not really true. The Gemara says, Afilu Tema Rabbi Yehuda, even if you say that's a Gezeira, like Rabbi Yehuda, Kula Chada Gezeira He. Wow, the fit, as, as Birnbaum says, the famous Kula Chada Gezeira He. Whenever you're worried about Gezeira Gezeira, uh, and you, you, and you're still doing it, then you could sometimes say, if it's appropriate, kula chada gezerahi, that it's all one gezerah, and certainly that could be defensible here, because you're saying if you're really trying to create a legitimate illusion that it's a base dira, so then you have to go all the way, right? Why would it look like a base dira? If it was a true base dira, then there would be mezuzah on the gate as well. And so that's kula chada gezerahi. If you want to really sell to people the idea that the Kohen Gadol is really staying in a place of residence, so then you would have to make it look very real and have a mezuzah, not only on the door to that residence, but also on the door to the gate of, of the residence as if it were a real chiv. So even Rabbi Huda, who's trying to make it look like a chiv, is going to require it not only on the door, but also on the gate. Very good. Okay. Now another brysa that's going to talk about whether gates require mezuzahs in general. So six lines down in Yudal from Dalaf, Tanar Banan, Recha. So let, let's get into this. What is the chiv of a mezuzah on a door? So says the Brisa, Echad Sharei Batim. That teaches us, right? We have a Pasuk. The Pasuk again says, Beisecha Uvisharecha. So Beisecha, we talked a lot about, right? What is considered a residence? We talked about it in Erevin. We talked about it a little bit yesterday. But the question is, what's considered a Shar? So the Brisa says, either the gates of a house, and even a gate to a courtyard, mind you, courtyard that has houses within it. Gates of a region or a province. Even the gates of a city. They all have a mitzvah, mezuzah, right? Lamakom, Tashem. Okay? Why? There's a famous pasuk, we say it every single day. Okay? So it says it. 
It says that you do it on your house and you do it on your gate. That's the b'risa. Okay. So now we ask the following. Amalei Abayler of Safra. Hane Abule de Mechoza. My time alo Abdullah Rabbanan Mezuzah. Abule is gates. Okay. So the gates of the city of Mechoza famously did not have mezuzahs. And so Abaye is perplexed. If the gates, as the, according to this price, are required with mezuzah, so then why did the city of Mechozah not have mezuzah on its gate? That's a good question, right? That, that, that was a firm city. We've already discussed Mechozah in many contexts. So Amalei, so if Safar answered him, Hanhu chizuk le'akra dechuvi hu Aha, those gates are not actual residential gates, the way you think of a gated community. Rather, there's a Akra de Kubi, the Kubi Tower, okay? That Kubi Tower was built and it had a gate-like structure that really wasn't a gate, but was more like a scaffolding. And therefore, for that reason, because of the construction, it's not considered a gate. And certainly, in, right, we were talking about, excuse me, Allergies. Thank you. We were talking about, you have to call out during these days of COVID, you have to call out why you're sneezing or coughing as you do it so as not to alarm people. Anyway, so again, in order to be considered a gate that requires mezuzah, it had, we were talking about it has to enclose a residential area. Okay, that's one thing. But the other part of it is, we're gonna, as we're going to see, it's going to have to look like a gate. It's going to have to have a function of a gate. I mean, Risharecha is going to have some parameters. So one of the parameters is that we said it needs to have a residential area in it. Okay. Another parameter is it has to be an actual gate. This is a scaffolding, so to speak, for a tower. That's not a gate. It may be shaped like a gate, so it confused people, but that wasn't the gate. And that's why it did not have a mezuzah. Good. So then Abayah's questions, wait a minute. Amar Leh, so Abayah answered, asked of Safra, the Akra de Chufi Gufa Dibayi Mezuzah, you know, that you, now that you mention it, what about the Kubi Tower itself? That has sort of like gate-like properties. The isba, and, and not only that, the Isba Dira L'Shoymer Beis Asurin. There's a dude who lived in there. That tower was a residence. The prison warden lived in there. So why did that tower come to think of it not have a mezuzah, right? Like a separate question, not about a gate. It was just the tower itself. Why did it not have a mezuzah? The Hatanya, how do we know that there was a residence there? Well, because we know. That was the Mitzias. The prison warden lived there. That we know. That was his address. Kubi Tower. Mechoza. Israel. Uh, Bavel? Where is Mechoza? Mechoza is, wait a minute, sorry. We, I, we used to know this. In, in, um, it was... What was Mechoza, where do you guys remember Mechoza? I have to look it up. Uh, I thought that it was in. So the majority of the residents were Jewish, so maybe it was. It's a mostly Jewish city. Maybe. I feel like it was in the north, like. But okay, I'll look it up. Bli Neder. I'm sorry, guys. Okay, but Mechoza, we we used to know this. I mean, it had an, it, we, Google Maps. we have to Google Map this. In Irvin, they had um, we had a discussion about uh, the unique Arab situation of Mechoza. Okay. Uh, be that as it may, uh, Mechoza had a tower where famously that was the address of the ward, of the prison warden. Okay. Um, so the Brysa says, the Hatanya, and this is what we were talking about before, right? What kind of shul, right? Usually a shul doesn't require mezuzah because nobody lives there. 
However, if the chazan lives there, then it's chayev and mezuzah. Okay. Ela amar baye. So, so therefore, so therefore that would mean that if you have a tower, right, and the warden lives there, that it would also require a mezuzah. So why was there no mezuzah on the, on the Kubi tower? So, el amar baye mishum sakana. The reason why the gates of mezuzah had no mezuzah and the tower itself had no mezuzah was because of a sakana. It was at a time that was very dangerous and people would come and they would in fact, um, when I say people, I mean like the, the uh, municipality, right, would come and they would harass people and the Jews had to be careful about the mitzvah of mezuzah because sometimes there were incidents as follows, the Tanya. We had a Bryson that says, So it happens to be, incidentally, that you learn here the halacha of how frequently it's uh, customary to check the mezuzahs. So if you have a private mezuzah in your house, pamayim b'shavua means in, um, in a Shemitah cycle, right? Twice in seven years, okay? If it's a public mezuzah of like the city, so once in, a, in not in a Shemitah cycle, but in a Yovel cycle, 50 years, okay? So that's good to know. Um, an episode did occur once with an Artavin. Artavin is like a, some sort of, some sort of non, right? Some sort of uh, government worker um, or military guy, somebody, somebody, uh, author, some authority that's very intimidating that came by. And he was, oh no, the, the Artavin is the Jew. Artavin was, it's an interesting, what does the word mean? Um, it's unclear. But basically, he was the guy that was, as Rashi says, Haish. Oh, that was the name of the guy. Some say it was the name of the guy, some say that's the name of the profession. Whatever it is, there's a guy in uh, Ramat Beit Shemesh, the mezuzah mensch. So the mezuzah mensch is in Artavin, right? He's the guy that's checking the mezuzahs. Okay. So anyway, the Jewish mezuzah mensch, Shayaboidik mezuzah spashuk ha'elyon shel tzipori, right? Is mezuzah mensch, this is really Rashi, is mezuzah mensch his name or is that the name of his profession? I'm not sure. I call him mezuzah mensch even when I uh, see him in a, in a social setting. I'll say, can you pass the salt, mezuzah mensch? But uh, anyways, so mezuzah mensch was checking the mezuzahs. Okay, so this is in Tzipori, it happened. So that's in Israel, that I know where Tzipori is. It's in the north. And so he's checking the mezuzahs. What happened? Umatzau Kastor. There is the intimidating non-Jewish uh, authority and who finds him. He finds him and finds him. Find him 1,000 zuz. For what? So they, they explain over here that, the, that he was like practicing witchcraft. In other words, the mezuzah thing is something which is very common to us, right? Like we are used to it. But to the outsider, this seems like something very nefarious, like some sort of voodoo. Who's putting, why are you putting scriptures on the side of your door? And like, are you doing this um, to curse us? Or is this like hearkening back to Pesach times when God is going to punish everyone else and pass over your house? I don't like this. I'm going to give you a $1,000 fine for placing this mezuzah. 
What does this all mean? It means that they have to be careful about putting up mezuzahs where they didn't belong in public areas where it was high profile. And because of that, that's why they didn't have a mezuzah in Mechoza, because Mechoza apparently at that time, the, right, the, the spirit in the air was not very, um, not very generous to, to Jews, and you had to be careful for Sakana. Okay. So to that, the question becomes, so Amar Rabbi Lazar, how could it be that we're worried about Sakana? After all, we are doing what? A mitzvah. And if we're doing a mitzvah, then shouldn't we be confident that we're not going to get right injured or harmed in any way? Therefore, we should do every mitzvah confidently, even if we think that there's a Sakana. So if you have, God forbid, as has happened so many times in history, they don't let you do uh, practice your religion, so what should you do? You should practice your religion anyway and rely on the fact that Hashem is going to protect you because shlucha mitzvah and nizokin. To which the Gemara answers, now you have to understand how shlucha mitzvah and nizokin works. Hecha dekviya hezeka shiny. No. Shlucha mitzvah and nizokin means all things being equal, um, we have a beautiful idea that if you're doing something for a sincere performance of a mitzvah, so then you're going to be uh, ha- uh, merit divine protection. But that doesn't mean that you put yourself in harm's way when you know. Uh, it's interesting, Birnbaum points out here, it says, Hecha de Kviya Hezeka. In other places we said, Hecha de Shriach Hezeka, whether it means that it's established or it's common. But in, you don't put yourself in an actual Malcolm Sakana and then rely on Shluchem Mitzvah and Nizokin. That's not how it works. You can, um, in all things being equal, assume that Hashem will have the, the divine protection for those who do shlucha mitzvah. But not if somebody says um, that you are in a real state of danger, that you, it cannot be relied upon in that, in that context. And we, and we saw this just recently in Psachim, uh, where it was not applicable, shlucha mitzvah in Nizokin was not applicable in a case that allowed you to put yourself in a makom sakana. How do we know that? Dichsiv. There's actual precedent because it says, Vayomer Shmuel, Eich Eilech Veshama Shaul, Vehargani. What's going on? Hashem asked Shmuel Hanavi to anoint David Hamelech. So Shmuel Hanavi says to Hashem, Shaul's going to kill me. He's going to be angry about this and he's going to kill me. So Vayomer Hashem, so Hashem says to him, Good point. We, we can get around this, I think. Says Hashem, Eglas Bakar Tikach Biyadecha, Vamartal Izbach Lashem Bati. He's like, you know what? We, I have a great cover story for you. Take an Eglas Bakar and you'll walk around. And if anybody asks you, like, what are you doing with this thing? Say, no, 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 there's nothing to see here. I'm only coming to bring a carbon. It'll be sort of like a decoy. And therefore, that'll protect you. So, first of all, we learn from this what? That the fact that he was going to do a mitzvah, what's the mitzvah here? To anoint David. How do we know that's a mitzvah? Because Hashem told him directly to do it. That's the definition of a mitzvah, right? It doesn't necessarily have to be one of the 613. But here, you had a direct command from Hashem. That's Ein Mitzvah Gedola Yosem Rizu. That is a mitzvah. And so, on his, so, Birnbaum and I were, um, well, we were probably a little tired, so, but we were laughing so hard because, right? I mean, you imagine the dialogue, some, right? Some of this is allegorical, I guess. I mean, do you imagine the dialogue with Hashem? Hashem can control Shoal also, but you see, Hashem gives Shoal the Bechir Chavshis to go at Shmuel Anavi, and so just, it's amusing, the idea that Shmuel, that Hashem's giving a direct tzibur to Shmuel Anavi, and Shmuel Anavi says, you know, that seems really dangerous, and Hashem's like, you know what, I think that's a good point. 
Um, we really better be careful. You know what? Uh, you know what? I just thought of something. Maybe bring a, a, a carbon and then hopefully, let's just hope that Shaul doesn't notice and you'll slip by. So, right? It's anthropomorphic. We're trying to, um, we're making it seem like Hashem doesn't control the whole thing, but obviously he does. So, um, be that as it may, right? The, what the Gemara gets out of it is that just because Shmuel was going to do the Ratzon Hashem, is not going to protect him from Shaul, right, killing him. Because Shaul was angry. And so you don't assume that just because you're doing the Ratzon Hashem that you're not going to be in danger. So similarly here, just because you're doing the Mitzvah Mezuzah doesn't mean you're not going to be in danger. Fine. So now, okay, so back to our topic. What are the parameters of the requirements of mezuzah here. So Tani Rav Kahana, okay, so because that was all a way of explaining why Mechoza didn't have a mezuzah. But let's, let's go back to peaceful times. When in peaceful times, what kind of house does or does not require a mezuzah? So Tani Rav Kahana, Kameda Rav Yehuda, Beis HaTeven, Beis HaBakar, Uveis HaEitzim. Beis HaTeven is a storehouse. Now we're talking about storage rooms. Do they require a mezuzah? So a storage room for straw or a barn, Oveis HaEitzim, a woodshed, uveis otsaros, or another kind of storage house, right? So d- different kinds. In that one, you have like oil, wine, or grain, as Rashi says. Um, storage houses do not require mezuzah. Why? So you could say, well, because nobody lives there, because it's a storage house. That's not the reason that the Brisa says. The reason the Brisa says is, because women use it. What's neosos? Ask the Gemara, umay neosos? Rochatsos. Okay. Women take showers in these places. In a barn? What, in, in, a, in, a, in a straw house? Okay. Different culture. We're not used to it. Um, outdoor showers now are very fancy. That's like a rich man, poor man thing. The outdoor shower. Either because you don't have any money or because you're paying $2,000 a night. <laughs> but be that as it may, the women used to take showers, right, in these, in these locations. It is for that reason that you don't put them in Zizah. That's an interesting question. That's an interesting uh, idea. I would have thought, well, it's just a storage house. Why would you need a mezuzah altogether? So this is what we're gonna this is what we're gonna delve into in a little bit here. So we say this implication of that brisa is right that a regular storehouse does require mezuzah, and it's only because of the fact that the women are showering there that you're not putting a mezuzah because it becomes like a base of merchatz, like a bathroom, and inappropriate to put the mezuzah. So to that. When Rav Kahana says that to Rabbi Yehuda, Amalei Rabbi Yehuda, Taima de Rochatzos, Hastama Chayavin, or Hastama Chayavin, the reason why you're telling me that these, right, barns don't require mezuzah is because the women are showering there. But an ordinary storehouse normally would require mezuzah? That doesn't seem right. Vahatanya, don't we learn in Brisa, Refes, Bakar, Pturim, and mezuzah? Didn't we learn that the stables are part of from mezuzah altogether? Well, that would make sense. Why would the stables require mezuzah? Nobody's living there other than the animals. So what's going on here? So Rav Yehuda says no. This is what we explain in that brisa. The brisa that you quoted of Kahana should be read like this. Elamayna osos. What is women doing the osos? I mean, it means miskashtos. They use it as a powder room. Like I'm going to, I'm going to say a room where um, a woman applies makeup. I'm going to call that a powder room. Okay, so that's what they are doing there. Well, if, if they're using it as a powder room, so then, this is what the Bryce is trying to tell you. That the Bryce is trying to tell you that a barn that women usually use as a powder room is still not going to require a mezuzah because it's not a place where people are living 
And even though the women frequent it, they don't sleep there, they're not considering it a residence, and therefore it's not going to require mezuzah. So that was Rabbi Yehuda's explanation. So Amalai of Kahana, Rav Kahana answers, Wait a minute. And the storehouses where women use as a powder room is put from mezuzah? I'll bring you a different price of Atanya, Refes, Bakar, Paturim, and a mezuzah. That usually a barn is pata for mezuzah, but But when women use it as a powder room, it's going to be chayav in mezuzah. Okay, so now we have these conflicting prices. What are we going to do with it? So Rav Kana says, no, this is what you have to say. That the question of whether women using a room as a powder room makes it, that said room require mezuzah is in fact itself a machlokas tanayim. So so I could tell you that it's like this. In other words, we're bringing different prices as sources. So if I could tell you that there's a machlokas tanaim as to whether a woman using it as a powder room makes it require a mezuzah, so I could similarly tell you that there's simply a machlokas tanaim as to whether a storehouse requires a mezuzah. That's what's going on here. Okay. What would be, so, so, so basically, the, there is, according to Yehuda and Rav Kahana, Right, a machlokas, according to both of them, there's a machlokas between these prices. There's no way of getting around the fact that these sources are saying conflicting things, except for, according to Rav Kahana, right, the machlokas is, does a storehouse require a mezuzah? And according to Behuda, it's just a question of whether a woman using it as a perfume room makes it chayv and mezuzah. Now, why would a storehouse require a mezuzah? It's not a mokamadar. So the fact of the matter is that we see that when a person has possessions, that is a sign of a type of, right, of a type of um, dira, in a way, of a type of residence. So even though it's only storing your stuff, it's not really storing you, there is actually, uh, as we're seeing, some source material to suggest that a storehouse itself would require mezuzah. That is a machlokas. So let's get a little bit more into this. The Gemara will, will dig in as follows. The Tanya. This is what we learned in the Brisa. Beisecha, right? As we know. So you need to have a house in order to require a mezuzah. Fine. Says the Gemara. That's how we understand it. It has to be a house that's specifically yours that you're using to, as a residence, rather than for storage. For you to live in, not for your stuff. As the, as the, uh, Brisa continues. Brisa says, to exclude that the whole point of the Pasuk saying Beisecha, the way we learn it is to exclude all the woodsheds and barns that we discussed already. Shiptur and Mezuzah, they're not pattern, they're not Chayv and Mezuzah. However, says the Bryce of Yeshmechayven, those are going to say, no, that those areas, the barns and storehouses are Chayv and Mezuzah. So, Be'emes Amru, and what did they therefore um, exclude when they say Beisecha? That Beisachisei, Right, so you no know, bathroom, a base of Borski, the tannery, base of Merchatz, a base of Tvila, a place that's a bathhouse or a mikvah area. That those areas, any area that is either a bathroom or a bathhouse or a place where people are not going to be clothed, that is, of course, disrespectful to have it with a mezuzah and therefore turn min mezuzah. The truth of the matter is that's. Uh, something that you need to learn, right? You can't just intuit that. Like the mezuzah doesn't see 
the bathhouse. So, so, so it's to emphasize the idea that, of course, the bathhouse is something where that mezuzah, which is a davar shemikdusha, is not appropriate, and so we have it uh, black on white here. Okay, so now, now the Gemara is going to explain the Bryce. Rav Kahana Matarits Latameh, Rav Yudah Matarits Latameh. They're both going to explain it according to themselves. Rav Kahana, remember, said that this whole thing was a machokas as to whether a storage house altogether has a mezuzah. So says the Gemara, Rav Kahana Matarits Latameh, Beisecha, when it says Beisecha, it's Beisecha Miyuchad Lecha. There has to be a house that's set aside for your residence. Prat, Levesa Tevan, Levesa Bakal, Levesa Eitzim, Levesa Otsaris. Right, to exclude storehouses, Shepturim in a mezuzah. Bistam. That's in a case of usual storehouse. Not used for, uh, as a powder room or anything residential, but just storage, okay. But there are those who require mezuzah in a regular case like that. And to that, MS Amru, right, because this is a, a sort of ambiguous price of what is it really, what's this MS Amru? So he's saying that with regards to a storehouse, you're chayiv, um, with regards to a storehouse, you are going to be, right, potter with the mezuzah. And Emes Amru, there are those who say that with regards to the storehouse, you're in fact chayev, and the whole idea of bias is to exclude what? So in other words, one way to understand this bias is to say that simply it's a machlokas. Does a storehouse require a, like in other words, the machlokas, the way you would say it is certainly a bathroom does not require a mezuzah. A storage house, it's a machlokas. That's the simple way Rav Kahana says so the Gemara just interjects here, umay neosos ruchatsos, and what does neosos mean in that case? It means that they bathe there. Okay, so to that, the Brisa says, p'turim in a mezuzah. So says the Gemara, ihachi hainu merchatz. Wait a minute. Well, if you're saying that neosos means ruchatsos, so then the actual Brisa is repetitive, because the Brisa already said beis merchatz. So if they're showering there, then that is the beis merchatz. So the Gemara says, no, there's a distinction between neosos and Beis HaMerchatz. How so? Says the Gemara, Ashmeinan Merchatz the Rabin, Ashmeinan Merchatz the Yachin. The difference between a bathhouse, a bathhouse is a public bathhouse, and a, and, and a, and a place where women shower, well, that's a private bathhouse. And so those are two separate things, okay? The Salkadaita Chamina, Merchatz the Rabin, the Nafesh Zuhamei, you might have thought that only public bathhouses are exempt from mezuzah because it's grosser. Because there's a lot more people, a lot more human, human stuff. But if you have like a private bathhouse, so that's just one person. Maybe it's not so gross, and therefore you could put a mezuzah there. No, it's a bathhouse, it's inappropriate, do not put the mezuzah there. So says Rabbi Yudam, so that's all Rav Kahana. That's a machlokas whether a storage house gets a mezuzah. Rav Yudam, Rabbi Yehuda says, no, it's a machlokas about this powder room. Halkiktani, this is how he learns it. Beisecha, the pasuk beisecha means beisecha hamiyuchad lecha. Prat lebay, beisat heaven, beisat bakar, beisayitim, beisat sarship, turn in mezuzah. Okay, so he starts off saying that it's to say a bais for residents as opposed to a storage house. Afilu miskachos, and even if women Right, use it as a powder room. And some people are mechayvim miskachos. This is just Rabbi Huda bringing it back to his perspective on this machlokas, which is that the only machlokas is if that storage house everybody holds its paterim zuzah. The only machlokas is if a woman uses said storage house for a powder room. Is, is it going to be chayev? That's the machlokas. But a regular storage house, everyone's going to say that it's potter. 
the emes amru, and then you got this extra emes amru. The base akisei v'esaburus kivi v'esam erchas v'esatvila alpha pisha nashim ishkashos behem p'turim minam azuzam mishum denafish zuhame. That the idea is, how does he fit it into the brisa? This whole idea of bathhouses. If you're going to say that all storage house is not a machlokes, and the whole point of the machlokes is. Right, that, that is whether it's, if it's used as a powder room, so then, of course, if a storage house is put from Zuzah, certainly a bathroom or a bathhouse would be. So the answer is, no, it's the same machlokas, which is to say, if you have a private, let's say, bathhouse that a woman also uses as a powder room, then there too, right, you're going to say the chiddush of the hemshech of the brisa is, whereas a storage house, you're going to have opinions that are going to say that if a woman uses a powder room, that it does require a mezuzah. When it comes to a bathhouse, even if a woman uses it as a powder room, everybody would agree that it does not require mezuzah. Okay. So the Gemara now is going to get right into the point, which is with Rabbi Yudah, Stam, Potter. Everybody holds that a regular storehouse um, is not, is Potter from mezuzah. That's totally incontroversial. The Atanya, but we had a Bryce that says Bish'arecha. That the sharim, right, the gates, right, um, with the aforementioned brisa, that they require mezuzah, echad shari batim, whether it's a gate to a house, vechad shari chatseros, vechad shari medinos, or to a chatser or a province, vechad shari araya, so it's a yaros, a city, the refes, oh, we didn't read this part, the hemshech of that brisa says that the following also require mezuzah, refes, velulin, right, the chicken, uh, coop, the stable, masbin, the straw shed, otsos yain, otsos shemen, storehouses for the wine and the oil, chayavin b'mezuzah. Wow. So there's in fact a shita that says that all those things are chayavin b'mezuzah. Yochol she'ani marbe af, as we turn to Yodama base, base shar achsadra. The Bryce says not only are those things chayavin b'mezuzah, but I could have also included a gatehouse, an achsadra, a portico. Now it sounds like we're, now it feels like Erevin here. Umir Peses, right, or the Mirpeses, Talmud Lomar, Bayez. That the reason why, in other words, had the Pasuk says, al sharecha, we would have included all of these things in Achiev Mezuzah. But it says, uh, So since it has the word Bayez, it brings it back. And to say, Ma Bayez miyucha ladira, Yatsu elu she'ein miyuchadim ladira. So the, bai, the word Bayez Brings it back and says that the that the the only those areas that are exclude that are included for residents have a chiv mezuzah. So now the gemara now we're going to see how we kick this around. So we say yochel shani marbe af. I might have thought that that would also include beisakisei uveisar borsakiv uveisar merchatz uveisatvila that it might include all of these right uh, extra places beisakisei uveisakisei Talmud Lomar bias. That the word bias teaches you not only it has to be residents, but also ma bias also the chavod af kola also the chavod yatsu elu shein asuin the chavod asuin the chavod means they have a dignified function. So now from the word bias we learn that what it has to have a dignified function and it also has to be a residence. Okay, so that seems to exclude both beis hamerchatz and storehouses so far. Okay. So the Brisa, the here, but let's look at the conclusions. Brisa, Yochel Shani Marbeaf. I might have thought that should even include Har Habayis, Valishkos, Valzaros. Bringing it back to the base, Hamikdash may be rebuilt soon. So maybe that would also require Mezuzah. So Talmud Lomar Bayis. It needs to be residential. Ma Bayis Shuchol, Afkol Shuchol. You can't call this Kadosh place right a residential area. That's separate. It's Kadosh. Yatsu Elu Shehin Kadosh. 
right? So if it's either too holy or not holy enough, right? If it's either a bathhouse or a shul, right, or a base of mikdash, or it's not residential, it's not going to require a mezuzah. So that Tana says, beferish, right, that the stable and the, and, and the storehouse, though, according to this, would require mezuzah. Why? Because because you have to know how to read this. This is kind of this is kind of a conclusion that Kahana is not correct, and Rehuda is correct because what? Yeah, because it says that the storehouse, right, in this particular case, because it stores your stuff, does require a mezuzah, which the Gemara actually concludes tiyufta that this is a tiyufta and Rav Yehuda that we hold like Rav Kahana that yutz, right that that it does in fact require a mezuzah. Wow. So that is, in fact, uh, amazing that they re- that it looks like it is going to, um, it looks like it's going to require mezuzah based on the fact that, uh, based on the fact that it's a storehouse. Now, the truth of the matter is, uh, you may have picked up on this, and the Rishonim certainly do, that it's really still ambiguous. And so if somebody has a storehouse, it's not 100% clear from this Gemara, even though we said conclusively that that's a Tiyuf to the Rabbi Yehuda, Right, and that the storehouses do require mezuzah. It's not exactly clear because we have, as we said, multiple sources. We have our very, uh, our very source over here with regards to the Lishkas Parhedrin and the right and the gate of Shar Nikanor that requires a mezuzah. And we weren't sure who we held like as far as whether um, it was Meikar Hadin or not. And so these are still topics that require great. Um, sort of, you need to do a lot of finessing in order to understand all the sugyas because it's still not 100% clear, right, could, only because of the fact that we have in really, about these issues. So when it comes to a true residence, certainly you require mezuzah. When it, when it comes to a true sha'ar, certainly that would require mezuzah as well. But these hybrid areas, and when it comes to a place that's mitunaf, right, that's disrespectful, of course it doesn't require mezuzah. But we see we have mezuzahs in our shuls. We have mezuzahs in a lot of different storage house areas. And so we see that that is a subject of debate. And like we said, in a case where there's no downside, we typically will put it up for that reason without a bracha. So 10 lines down, Yudal from Beis, we have a few more minutes. Tani Rav Shmuel, Kamei de Rava. Rav Shmuel taught the following b'risa in front of Rava. It says, Shisha Sharim Pturim in a mezuzah. There's six type of gates that are part of a mezuzah. Even though gates typically do have a mezuzah, the base HaTeven, the storehouse for the straw, Vesa HaBakar, the barn, Vesa HaEitzim, Vesa HaOtsaros, the storage house, Vishar HaMadi, Vishar She'ena Mekora, the Shar HaMadi is the median gate, we'll talk about that um, curved archway from the place called Madai, Vishar She'ena Mekora, and a roofless gate, right, a gate that just has like goalposts, Vishar She'ena Gavo Asara, or a gate that's not 10, right, Tfachim high. This is, now, parameters for what would require, as we discussed before, the kind of structure that would require, right, a mezuzah. So those seven gates don't require a uh, mezuzah. Now, we said that there are six gates that are putter. Says the Gemara, So whoever asks Shemuel Yehuda, wait, you said six, and then you said seven, because I counted. So Shemuel Yehuda answers, Amalei, Shar Hamadai Tanai. No. There's the Machlokas Tanayim about Shar Madai. The Tanya Kipa. Rabbi Meir, Mechayim, Zozav, Chachamim, Potrin. That happens to be that when it comes to an archway, that's a kippah, right? Because it's shaped like a kippah. That archway, there's a machlokas whether archways, because they don't have the structure, right? The typical squared off structure of what we called in, um, 
in Erevin Hatzuras HaPesach, so to speak. So, because it doesn't look like that, there's a machlokas whether it require a mezuzah, but as we discussed even there, if beraglaim, right, if going up, you have at least ten tfachim, so then we don't care if the archway above that curves, as long as it ha- we just assume, right, we uh, circumscribe, so to speak, a squared off area into that ar- archway, we'll see there's going to be machlokas on that as to whether we square it off to make it look like a real Entranceway and thus require mezuzah. To which Amar Abaye dechule alma gvoa saravein beragol shlosha v'lav klumhi inami ish beragol shlosha v'ein gvoa saravelav klumhi. So we're going to pick up tomorrow with this machlokes with regards to the construction of the tzuras of Pesach in the middle of Yudal from the Beis. And as we uh, proceed tomorrow, we'll talk about which kind of structures require mezuzah with respect to the gates. Rechtea.